Section 52 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Russell Newton. Wallace's Lurleen. Beneath the billows of the great Rhine River dwelt the king of the water spirits, Rheinberg the Powerful, for whom the gnomes of the underworld and the sea had gathered together wonderful treasures of gold and jewels, such as were not even dreamed of by mortals. And here, in his palace of crystal and pearl, he held a mighty sway. It was a merry court he held, for his beautiful daughter Lurleen, the fairest of all the river nymphs, loved to dance upon the sparkling floors with her attendant nymphs, and to sing to the music of the flowing waves. But at last there came a change, and Lurleen was merry no longer. One evening, as the fair nymph rested upon the Lurleyberg, a rock that jutted over a whirlpool, playing upon her harp and singing the thrilling song of enchantment with which she lured her mortal victims to destruction at the bidding of her powerful spirit father, a handsome young nobleman named Rudolph sailed by in an airy skiff, and as Lurleen gazed upon the exquisite beauty of his youth, a passionate love for him grew up in her heart, and dropping her harp just as her song had begun to enthrall him, she could no longer bear to lure him to his doom. After this she grew sad and sighed for the Count Rudolph with every breath, and when the Rhine king knew that his daughter loved a mortal, he was filled with dismay and anger. Finding, however, that in spite of his reproaches, Lurleen could not forget the beautiful youth she had seen, he gave her permission to seek him out in his own home, hoping that she would quickly discover mortal love to be but a frail, unworthy thing and would then renounce it, and the water maiden gladly availed herself of her father's permission, and went forth to seek her earthly lover. Meanwhile, the young Count Rudolph was passing through a time of difficulty and trouble, for, having spent his wealth on the gay pleasures of youth, he had no longer the necessary means to keep up proper state in his ancient castle home. Thinking to mend his fortunes by making a wealthy marriage, he began to pay his addresses to Lady Giva, the daughter of an old baron, whom he believed to be very rich, but who was, in reality, quite as poor as himself. And his court was acceptable to the haughty Giva, who had long cherished admiration and affection for the handsome youth, believing him also to be rich enough to satisfy all her wants. When, however, at a festive ball given by the baron in his honor, Rudolph laid his heart at her feet, but declared that he had no great wealth to offer her, the disappointed lady refused him with disdain, and Rudolph returned to his castle in chagrin. His merry companions, however, sought to cheer his drooping spirits with lively songs and revelry, but Rudolph found comfort from another source. There suddenly came into his thoughts the memory of that evening when, as he rode himself in his skiff upon the Rhine, he had heard the thrilling, enticing voice of a water nymph, and as the words of her sweet song now came back to him, he began to sing them to his companions, who listened to him with delight. But soon their delight was changed into dismay, for as the young Count sang the words of this strange, sweet song, Lurleen herself suddenly appeared in the banqueting hall, as though in answer to his call. The lovely water nymph at once approached Rudolph and began to weave a spell of enchantment over him, and having placed a magic ring upon his finger as a talisman against all danger, she disappeared as suddenly as she had come. But her thrilling voice, singing to the accompany of a magic harp, could be heard calling from the river, and Rudolph, on recovering from the stupor into which he had been thrown, now became so violently enamored of the beautiful nymph that he sprang from his seat and rushed down to the shore, following the sound of her luring song with ecstasy. His friends, fearing that he was being enticed to destruction, endeavored to check his impetuous course and to hold him back from danger. 
But Rudolph, reckless of what lay before him and intoxicated with the charm of the water maiden's irresistible song, flung all detaining hands from him and plunged eagerly into the river. The waves of the Lurleyburg whirlpool flowed over him but were powerless to harm him because of the magic ring he wore, and Lurline, full of joy, conveyed him to her own palace of corals, where they spent together a period of delirious happiness. But one day Rudolph heard the voices of his old companions mourning his loss, as they sadly rowed overhead in their skiffs, and longing to greet them once again, he begged the lovely Lurline to permit him to leave her for a few days, promising to return to her. Lurline, though fearful of being parted from the mortal lover she adored, yet could not bear to cause him pain by refusing his request, so she gave her consent, declaring that she would await his return at the end of three days on the Lurleyburg. Rudolph now desired to take back with him some of the lavish wealth he saw around him, and Lurleen, having been given the keys to her father's treasure chambers during his temporary absence, took him therein to take his fill. As it happened, Rheinberg returned at that moment, and was enraged on discovering what the lovers were about, but when Lurleen pleaded for pardon, he could not resist her sweet charm, and ended by giving Rudolph vast measures to take back with him to his castle. The young count then departed, and on his arrival at his home the news of his altered fortunes quickly spread. The baron and his daughter Giva were now very anxious to encourage the suitor they had formerly rejected, and to them Rudolph revealed the secret of his newly acquired wealth, showing them the magic ring he had received from Lurleen, and singing the praises of the lovely water nymph so rapturously that the baron's daughter was quickly dyed with a consuming jealousy, and snatching the ring from his finger, furiously flung it into the midst of the river. With the loss of the magic ring, the spell of Lurleen departed also, and Rudolph, forgetful of his love for the fair nymph, began to find pleasure in the advances made by the cunning Giva, and to engage in revelings and feastings once more. In the meantime, fair Lurleen sat upon the Lurleyburg rock, singing her sweet love songs as she patiently awaited the return of the mortal she adored. But when one day a slave gnome of her father's brought to her the magic ring which she had given to Rudolph, and which had been now found in the river, she could not help but believe her lover to be faithless. Filled with woe, and yet enraged that her love should have been slighted by a mortal, she resolved to seek out Rudolph once more, and to reproach him for his faithlessness. Accordingly, she appeared at a splendid festival which was being held on the banks of the Rhine in honor of the young Count's birthday, and, quickly approaching Rudolph, she began to pour bitter reproaches upon him for deserting her loving arms for the sake of his mortal companions, some of whom, she informed him, were even now plotting his assassination that they might seize his treasures. Her wrath, however, vanished when Rudolph explained how his magic ring had been taken from him by force, and declared that he still loved her with his whole heart, for the magic charm of her sweet presence had once more enveloped the young Count, and he felt that her love alone could satisfy the longings of his heart. Meanwhile, his false companions, as he had been warned by Lurleen, were even now hatching a plot to murder him and seize his wealth, and their plans were overheard by the Lady Giva and her father, who quickly informed Rudolph of his danger, and besought him to save his life by instant flight. But the young Count declared that he would rather die by the side of his beloved Lurleen than fly as a coward, and boldly drawing his sword, he met his enemies undaunted. Then Lurleen, knowing that her lover's life was in utmost danger, took up her harp and sang a wild song of invocation to the spirits of the Rhine, so that the noble river suddenly rose in a mighty flood and immersed the would-be murderers. When the waters had once more returned to their accustomed bounds, Rheinberg, the river king, appeared, and to the great joy of the lovers, he now gave his gracious consent to their union. 
Thus did Lurleen, the lovely daughter of the Rhine, secure her heart's desire, and as she gazed into the eyes of her mortal lover, she knew that she had not lived in vain, since she had gained the greatest of all treasures, the jewel of love. End of section 52